0: Good evening, and welcome to another episode of That Which Does Not Kill Us. I am your host, Sarah Arnold, and I want to discuss some things that I am currently experiencing. So let me backtrack um, in case you don't know, because I've been kind of off the grid for a little while. I've been involved with someone for three months, okay, and it's been relatively painless for the most part. Um, We've had a couple of hiccups, and I would say contained within those and within just, I guess, regular moments, I am finding myself, um, partaking in what I would call standard, potentially unhealthy, behaviors. And I say that because I'm starting to become, uh, painfully aware of my own patterns. That are obviously contained within the dynamics of romantic involvement. Um, What's fascinating to me is seeing these things uh, face to face as they happen. You know, rather than looking at these kind of things retrospectively, it's... A really weird conundrum to be aware of these things as they're happening. So, an example of that is, uh, and I'm pretty sure this might be a contributing factor to the failure of my marriage at some point or another, is that uh, I have. A strong tendency to downplay um, my needs in terms of not so much what I need for myself, which I do some to some extent, but more so what I need from another person. And so I need to figure out what's the best method for me to stop engaging in this behavior and to learn to be more vocal about my wants and my needs because a consistent theme which the obviously the cause and effect here is because I am downplaying my own needs, and not verbalizing them, I'm essentially negating myself and invalidating myself while I'm romantically involved with another human being. So yeah, like realistically speaking, it's, um, how do I put this? It's something that I definitely need to work on. And it's something that I am becoming painfully aware of uh, over the last, I don't know, couple months, I would say. Like, not like the whole time because obviously, you know, when you first meet somebody and there's that initial attraction and all that stuff taking place, there's a certain honeymoon phase that happens, you know, where everything is, you know, flowers and roses and rainbows and butterflies and all that shit, right? It's very normal behavior, very normal experience, but when that starts to wear off and things get more comfortable and domestic, I would say, for lack of a better term. When things tend to get more comfortable and domestic is when these behavior patterns start coming back up. And this is when you start seeing the things that they do and the things that you do or don't do. I feel like for me it's really more about don't do and um like I'm 100% certain that this stems you know what I mean from my childhood in some way shape or form like fucking guarantee Like, this stems from my upbringing in some way, shape, or form. It's just, um... It's something that, first of all, I need to become aware of it. Um, which, I'm working on that, obviously. You know what I mean? Because, I mean, we're three months in, and I'm becoming aware of my behavior patterns. Right? And thank the good Lord for fucking, you know, (laughs) therapists on TikTok and... Instagram and all the social media platforms that I follow because it's been tremendously helpful following all of these different accounts in me really being able to understand and assess my behaviors, the behaviors of others, and really push forward in terms of self-improvement in some way shape or form. But I need to figure out how to let this go, you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure, like, 100% the why of it is from basically feeling invisible and invalidated, you know, in my home life as a kid, whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like, sorry, I'm laughing because I can say with complete confidence that I am certain that at least 75% of the psychological, you know, traumatic bullshit um, that I have experienced throughout my life stems from, you know, this as like the, the major factor. In terms of why I've gotten involved with the people that I've gotten involved with. And this isn't just, like, my marriages. This is also talking about, like, dating the dipshits that I did when I was a teenager. You know what I mean? It's the whole, um, looking for love in all the wrong places, you know, thing. Like, the why is obviously, like, to me it's fucking obvious. It's like, oh yeah, duh. It's because you you felt, like, fucking starved for affection and attention and so you literally sought it anywhere you fucking could from the seemingly most unhealthiest sources that also somehow kept you in this pattern of familiar feelings of unworthiness and chaos because that's all that you knew, right? Um, so, (laughs) yeah, like, I laugh at that because this is one of my coping mechanisms and I feel like right now I'm in a place where I'm not totally comfortable being vulnerable. Like, and I don't, I don't totally understand the ebb and flow of this. Like, um, at all. I don't understand what, what has happened from point A to point B that has, you know, has me putting up my, my best coping mechanisms to include, but not limited to, my amazing sense of humor and shutting out that, uh, more vulnerable aspect of self, you know, because it's very evident that that's what's happening Uh, based on the interactions that I have with people like on a day to day basis it's very evident that that's what's happening it's just um, there's a large part of me that is curious as to the why or maybe the when too possibly the when and trying to figure out um, the root cause you know what I mean like seriously though like, what is the root cause of, like, so, in this round of my life, like, what has, what has occurred that has told my subconscious, you know what I mean, because I'm sure, all all these things, you know, like, these behaviors and shit like that, like, I'm sure these are things that are happening, for the most part, on a subconscious level, it's just a being, con like, I'm getting better at being consciously aware the shift in my behavior patterns and my thought processes and how I respond to people and so like I'm trying to figure out like what the fuck you know and I mean I'm sure with all of this healing shit there's got to be fucking ebbs and flows to you know what I mean what isn't isn't normal but I do feel like there is some part of me that maybe, um, how do I put this? I feel like there is probably some part of me that is, you know, based on my previous experiences, does not feel safe in romantic engagement, like period, based on the experiences that I've had you know both I would say relatively recently and then also like within the parameters of my marriages and so I can't help but wonder how much of it is like you know what I mean like an autonomic response where I'm not even thinking about it it's just one of those things where like I am in, I'm involved with somebody and I'm getting comfortable with it And for me, like, like, on the subconscious level, my reptilian brain, like, takes over and just automatically assumes, because I am partnered up, this is not safe. And so, because this is not safe, you know, in my subconscious mind, based on, you know, previous life experiences, what do I have to do? What, like, what do I do? You know what I mean? What are the behaviors that have always, you know, and I use this term really fucking loosely, um, have always kept me safe from harm, you know, at previous iterations in my life. And that's exactly what I think I'm doing right now, except, you know, like I'm only three months in and I'm actually aware of what I'm doing. <laughs> so I think that's the biggest takeaway is like, I'm only three months in and I'm aware of what I'm doing. And so, because of that, I'm at least capable of reflecting on cause and effect in real time. But, at the same time, I can't help but think that there is some part of me that is afraid of verbalizing my needs out of, you know, fear of repercussions and rejection or, you know what I mean, fear of consequence, for lack of a better term, which, to say that out loud, like, it almost sounds asinine and I say that because, I mean, I can't really fathom too many consequences from verbalizing my needs being really any worse than what I've already experienced. You know, like if, if I were to just look at it com- like objectively, completely objectively, I can't really fathom anything, you know, in terms of consequence being worse than what I have already experienced. You know, like I've already experienced And maybe that's where it stems from, too, though, because, like, within the parameters of my marriage, I feel like on the things that really were important to me within that domestic setting, I did verbalize it. Like, I verbalized things in many ways, um, to no avail, and... The only thing that stemmed from that was years upon years of built-up resentment, anger, and frustration, and feelings of invalidation, you know? And that was coupled with, uh, you know, other layers of fuckery that were taking place. And I think that this is something that I need to find a way to work through. Because... Thank you, Captain Obvious. Based on based on my previous experiences, I know that the end, like I know the end result of unmet needs is resentment and bitterness and anger and rage, and that is not a place that I want to be again. You know, um, like that blood boiling rage it's so encompassing and it's so consuming. It's like, I don't even know. Like, I don't know. Like It's almost like suffocating. I don't don't know how to describe it any differently. It's just so much. It's so intense. You know? Like I would say there was a the latter portion of 2020, I spent a lot of that time having a lot of extremely negative feelings towards my spouse. Like, and most of that was expressed through blood boiling rage. And I don't even think for the majority of those outbursts, the person that I feel as though, like, helped to build these feelings within me was not even there to experience the outbursts, you know? 99% of the time, these things came out the most when I was doing something by myself because that just seemed to be the thing, you know? Um... It seemed to be a commonality that my ex wanted the things that they wanted. You know, they would accept nothing else. And I was the only person that was left to deal with the consequences of this individual's desires. You know? Like, I was the person where I felt like all of the responsibilities of their desires were at my feet. Um, And to carry that for a number of years, you know, coupled with the insults and by insults, I don't mean like it wasn't directly like you're ugly or whatever. It was more, um, there was a lot of talk in terms of it being expressed to me that I was being negative. Um, when I had a contrarian viewpoint about something you know, I was being negative and I that was very consistent theme with anything, like literally anything pertaining to the house where we didn't agree I was being negative if I was not in agreement with him um, so that's kind of one burden and then at the same time um, when it came to things like my fashion choices or, you know, there was like this overwhelming desire of uh, this really complex dichotomy of um, him wanting to control my aesthetic. Um, Part of it was because he didn't want me to have the things that he couldn't have because he was incapable of expressing the identity of himself as a woman, okay? So that would be the one side of it. But then the flip side of that was also a level of resentment because I did not express my femininity in, like, not like in terms of, like, affection, but, like, in the physical manifestations that he desired. You know, um, like, I'm not really into wearing a lot of heavy makeup. It's not my thing it's not my thing. I, when I do wear makeup, I choose to wear just a little bit more often than not. It's just some mascara, maybe a tinted lip balm, some eyeliner if I'm feeling real snazzy. And that's about the gist of what I will put into that. And you know, it seemed like it was a common occurrence when we were going out for like functions. That there was a consistent expression about, like, heavy eye makeup. Like, it was a very consistent thing. Like, about heavy eye makeup. And then, you know, like, every once in a while he would buy me pieces of clothing that just aren't really me. You know, that, where it's like, I like that, but I don't like that enough that I will ever wear it kind of thing. Like, I feel like everybody on the planet has experienced that, especially women, where, like, you like it on the hanger, but you don't like it on your body, and so in the closet it stays, and this is how you learn better shopping habits, is to stop buying shit that you're never gonna fucking wear, and, um, so things like that. There was a lot of things like that that, you know, came up over the years, or, and so, like, I think because of these experiences, because, mind you, this, again, it's over a period of years. It's not, You know something that just like happened for a little while and so because of these experiences like I feel like on a like on a subconscious level I do not feel comfortable verbal like I don't feel comfortable speaking up for myself unless it's you know like literally in battle You know, like, the rest of the time I'm very docile and very submissive. And... I can't help but think that to some degree or another this is a very... um, This is a negative side effect of my marriage. You know? And... I don't... I don't know where to find the middle ground like that's something that I need to I need to work on like I really need to work on um finding my voice and um being able to communicate for myself but at the same time obviously in terms of like self-improvement like finding my voice without like using it for screaming you know because that's you know (laughs) that's the unhealthy example that was set for me because you know anybody who knows anything about fucking romantic relationships knows that a lot of unless we know better and do better a lot of times what we are doing when we're engaging in our romantic partnerships is we are just reliving those childhood experiences and like the examples of what love is that was set for us by our parents You know and there are some people out there that have had really great examples you know and have actually seen what healthy romantic partnership looks like right and then there's the rest of us (laughs) who have only really seen um some form or another of unhealthy pairings and unhealthy partnerships with terrible communication Um, absolutely no listening skills, no active listening, and, uh, basically true different categories of trauma responses, like being butted up against each other, like, from a romantic standpoint. And so that's pretty much what I saw growing up, even though, like, I can't, like, it's really weird because, like, I can't remember... A lot of these things but what I can say is I've had certain circumstances that I've come across in life um, where like I can't pinpoint a specific memory but I can pinpoint a feeling you know like I like like there's a certain feeling of unease you know? Like, that's the thing that I can kind of connect to, is like a certain feeling of unease. Um, probably eavesdropping on mom and dad fighting kind of thing, you know? What are they fighting about? Oh fuck, I don't know. Cause I didn't really pay attention when they were fighting in person. Or if maybe it's not so that I wasn't paying attention. It's probably some dissociative behavior. Let's be real, okay? Like, I have a sister that also doesn't remember much of our childhood. And I find that to be more than a coincidence. Because I, like, I had a fucking head injury when I was a young kid. I don't know what her fucking excuse is. So I'm like, mmm, mmm, might be some unhealthy levels of dissociation there. Because she didn't use drugs either. I also did drugs. So, yeah, I don't know. But these are the things that I'm working through right now in my head. I'm hoping that I can find a way to, um, clear the fog, I guess, and work through it. Because I don't really know how to approach it from a rational standpoint. And, obviously, the the things that go unaddressed only expand and get worse and, you know what I mean? like yeah it just gets worse like it gets bigger you know the the longer it's it goes unaddressed the bigger it becomes and so i gotta figure out how to work through this but that's really what i've got going on right now so in the meantime i hope everybody has a great night and be well